Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello. Hello. Hi. Good evening. Good evening. Hello. A little bit nervous at the beginning, all of us. Very quiet. Are you? Yeah. I decided that I hate the sound of my hello at the beginning of every podcast, so I thought I'm just going to hold back and wait for one of you guys to start it. But instead, all it made us do was go nervous and wonder what was going on. We know our place, Steph. <laughs> we know. We, we have to wait for you. Nobody's coming to listen to me and Claire. No offence, Claire. No offence taken. Oh, are you joking? I'm just a mere facilitator in all of this. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, Jeff, are you in a bathroom? Am I in a bathroom? No, I'm not in a bathroom. I'm in a shed. <laughs> are you in a shed? I'm in a shed, yeah. Our eldest is back. She hasn't been in lockdown with us. Now she's back. So she's sleeping in the conservatory bit where I normally am. So I've been shifted out to the shed. So here I am. Oh. Does- You you don't have to sleep in the shed, though, do you? Some nights, but that's a different matter. (laughs) (laughs) Your shed looks really posh. No. I like it. It's got all the sound stuff behind it. I like it. That's, yeah. So I've got a few little foamy bits to make it look like I'm a professional in case anybody proper rings. (laughs) (laughs) And Claire, you're in a different room as well. Where are you? I'm in my little boy's bedroom. Oh. Can you see? How come? Yeah. He's got, the little one's got quite a cool little thing going on, you see. We've got him bunk beds for his birthday. Is everything Newcastle United themed in there? There's a shirt, but everything, yeah. every single thing is black and white stripes. <laughs> so in there. everything's black and white, but it's not all Newcastle United. But it's a it's a monochrome theme. That's how I swung it. If I could get a nice <laughs> monochrome trendy Hang theme, on. he's allowed one poster. <laughs> Everything's not black and white. It's just a monochrome theme, which is yeah, the so same thing. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I meant not black and white, as in like. You know, tune tune black and white army. Yeah. Anyway, Steph, you're accusing me of being in a posh bloody shed. Look at the state of you with your tapestries or whatever they are, wall hangings. <laughs> What's that? You're in the poshest it's, room. It's of rented. Others. It's rented. This this has been up since we moved in. <laughs> you rented the wall hangings. No, the 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 place, not the bloody thing on the wall. Right. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. It is episode three. Of job interviews. Oh God. Do you think we'll get more? Oh, my God, Claire. I'm currently on page 21 now of stories. No. No, hang on. More than that. Page 31. I think we should ask the listeners, because we are loving it. I think we should ask the listeners if they... <laughs> when you get bored, just give us a shout, because it could be that we're on episode 72 of interviews. Just let us know <laughs> if you've had enough of interview stories, <laughs> and we'll move on. It's so funny, though, the comments we're getting back of people. 
So I know. funny. And it's amazing how many of the same things have happened to people. You know, now we've done accidental things that have happened to you, like falling off or falling through your chair. In fact, remember I told you that story last week about um, the person who fell through the webbing of the chair. I loved that. Yes, mm-hmm. that was brilliant. Yeah. Well, Jane got back in touch after hearing the podcast to say that that person did actually get the job because they interviewed brilliantly after it. So we were worrying, weren't we, saying, oh, did they, <laughs> like, you know, run out That's and panic? Brilliant. Did they manage to get out of the chair? Yeah. Pluck themselves? Oh, did they do? I, I, I like to think that they did the interview with his head sticking out and his feet around his ears. I love the thought of that, you know. It's so yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, and we've also done stupid things you can end up saying, haven't we? Um, and I've got another one of those for you. This is Sarah Louise. Someone I know had an interview and the female interviewer asked him if they were available. The interviewee no. wasn't sure, so said, um, well, I don't have a girlfriend. <gasps> the interviewer said, I meant available to start. No. <laughs> I wonder where his head was at the whole time. <laughs> and then you know how we were talking about just saying the wrong thing, like muddling your words up. So Sarah said, <laughs> I once said that I'd spread my legs for a few years instead of spread my wings or stretch my legs. <laughs> I didn't realise my mistake until the interviewer stopped me and asked if he could tell his colleagues what I'd said once I'd left. <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, dear me, that's class. And do you remember we had the glasses story last week where the person realised halfway through the interview that the hood had no lens in one of their glasses? <laughs> well, Rob says, the interviewer asked me a question just as the lens fell out of his glasses. We looked at each other for a second and he slid his hand over it and slipped it in his pocket and carried on as if nothing had happened. One lens in, one out. <laughs> oh, no. Why don't people just... Stop. Why don't they just stop, stop and, and say, fix themselves. oh, my bloody glasses, it's forever doing this. I need to get them fixed and just crack on like that. <laughs> oh, agree, agree. But it brings <laughs> us back to the fact that the interview situation is a singularly strange experience where normal interaction between human beings yeah. is completely left oh, at the door. Not it's nice. weird. And this leads neatly on to our topic this week, which is wardrobe malfunctions. So I'll start you off with a couple. We've had a listener called Steph who says, I did my makeup using a small hand mirror on the bus on the way to an interview once, only noticing afterwards when I went to the loo that I'd only done one eye. I looked like something from a clockwork orange. (laughs) Imagine if they'd been wearing their glasses with the one lens in as well. (laughs) Oh, I love it that girls worry about their makeup. It's so funny because I would. I totally would. (laughs) My sister once, we were walking down the street and she was like fixing herself. She used a makeup brush to kind of brush over her, her face. But she brushed over, brushed over her lips with this like foundation brush. But a pot of MAC eyeliner had broken, like eyeshadow had broken in her bag. So I'm walking along the street and I turned to look at it. And she just had, I'm doing it like for the camera, but she had black smeared all over her lips. And oh, I was no. like... Oh my god, I could not, I could not help her. It was so funny, but <laughs> serves her right for doing it on the walk yeah. <laughs> instead of going to my mirror. Brilliant. <laughs> but that's the thing. We look for you know quick ways of doing stuff, and then you do end yeah. up making daft mistakes. Um, Martin, 
wore a grey suit to his first interview. I was so nervous. I went to the gents just before. I washed my hands. Water went all down the front of the trousers. Sorry. Who's that? That's Jeff. Are you all right? Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll go and shut the door. (laughs) Do you know why I've got the giggles? That's uh, that's Claire's dog just going, this is a shit one, Steph, move on. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So. Sorry. So you can guess where this is going. So he splattered splattered himself with water. Sure. Yes. And so he went in. He covered the the mark, the stain. It doesn't look like he's had a wee, does it? Yes. Oh, yeah. So he he covered it with a folder (laughs) in his right hand, but he was holding it in his right hand. The interviewer offered to handshake, so he had to do a really weird (laughs) left-handed twisted (laughs) handshake because he didn't dare move the folder because he didn't want to look like he'd wet himself. Doesn't that happen a lot to men, though? (laughs) Just naturally, like where they shake the hands and whatever else. Are you thinking of, um, what do you call those... The Masons. Not the Mafia. The Masons with a funny handshake. Yeah. Did they not have a funny handshake? Is that what you're thinking of? <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking of them, to be honest. <laughs> but we have terrible time with suits. One of my, my first proper job interviews, I didn't have a suit, so I got one from a charity shop, size 52 waist, that I had to, t- <gasps> I had to wrap around myself twice with string <laughs> and hide with my jacket. <laughs> I do feel I sorry that. for the guys in that situation. Do you know, there are so many stories like that, though, Jeff. You are not alone. Um, things that, you know, just you end up trying to look your smartest and end up looking probably worse than you ever have. Sally said uh, there was a one time she had a nosebleed while waiting outside the interview room. I walked in with my pristine white shirt and new, new <clears throat> suit plastered in claret and looking like I'd murdered the receptionist on the way in. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> Why do we go for white? That's because it's fairly bland, isn't it? Like, you don't want to yeah. go too... Nobody wants to wear, like, a bright suit, do they? they well, unless, unless it's you. Yeah. Well, unless it's me, yeah. I love a bright suit. Yeah. I normally go for a bright lip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Punchy. Punchy. You're saying, Claire, that men have a tough time with, with what they wear. I kind of feel like we've got it easy, because you can... If you've got a suit, we can just put a, sh- a shirt and tie on. You've got far more... Yeah, I... Do you know what? I agree with that. Well, I, that's it. You, you t- That's why it's so nerve-wracking going for a job interview, because you think, mm-hmm. what is going to be... How am I going to project myself the best? Because a lot of people do not wear suits in their jobs, but they so wear I've, a suit for an interview. Yeah, I, I remember being interviewed years ago for, for one of my first main jobs. It was... I was getting a house and I needed a real kind of job after my dancing. But back then, I, I mean, I still, I mean, despite being pregnant, I still slap on the tan now and then. But I, I think I was tanned. I had obviously makeup on because I was used to, and obviously it wasn't heavy stage makeup, but I had makeup on. And I went in for this interview and I took this like lovely, like I was, you know, quite plainly dressed, but I had a bright pink handbag with us. Don't ask. So here I am thinking I'm mint walking in for the interview and it was years later that actually said to us, I was friends with them, and they said, we weren't going to hire you. But you were so bubbly and lovely. But when you first walked in, we just thought you were a right, like, yeah, they just weren't going to, based on my appearance, which really didn't what help did for us. What did they think you looked like a tart or what? I can't, no, not, mm, I wouldn't have said a tart, thanks. <laughs> um, that, I don't, unless that's what they meant and they never said it to us. But I was dressed up, like, But you've told us you, 
you've told us that you were, you know, that you were carrying a handbag, that you had makeup on. What you're neglecting to tell us about this is you were wearing your Riverdance <laughs> outfit, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least I was wearing something and not just going in for a, you know. But no, you know what I mean? Well, that's so true. I, I mean, I had that when I started on telly, like the first ever day. I was on breakfast telly. Everyone thinks there's a wardrobe department who helps you with everything and there isn't. So I just got this dress, brightly coloured dress from Topshop and a pair of like cracking heels from New Look. And uh, basically my boss was like, do you know what? You did a cracking job there, but you look like a Middlesbrough tart. <laughs> <gasps> no. Because I did. And she was being, she wasn't being like overly harsh or anything. She was being right because my dress was too short for telly. And my heels were too high. Like, I just looked wrong at, you know, six o'clock in the morning. But I just didn't know, have a clue what to wear. So I've got a longer story for you now. Right, good. So are this you, is Charlotte. Are you going to manage to say this without laughing your head off for 20 minutes? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I tell you what, that I know I, I promised myself not to just spend the whole episode just be corpsing. I'm going to try and actually get through the stories. <laughs> Charlotte said, I once had an interview on the other side of the country that I travelled the night before for. Upon getting ready for said interview at a family member's home, I realised I'd only brought flip-flops with me. (gasps) It was the summer and it was warm. There were no suitable alternatives I could borrow. My interview was at 9am, so I decided to stop at the largest supermarket I could en route in the hope that they had a clothes section. The only supermarket I could find was tiny. The only clothes they stocked were kids' school uniforms. I had no choice but to purchase (laughs) the largest pair of children's school shoes I could find. (laughs) They looked exactly as you imagine school shoes look. I managed to get to the interview without anyone realising, only to turn up and look down to see that the cheap plastic had rubbed my heel so badly I was bleeding everywhere with blood (gasps) up my leg. Somehow, quite remarkably, I managed to keep this under wraps, get through the interview, hurriedly get out of the building and was offered the job a few hours later. Never. That's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing worse than painful shoes. Oh, I know, but imagine only taking flip-flops and you're, like, miles away from home and you're like, oh, no. no. Much as I love the story, I was really hoping that they hadn't realised that they bought those kids' shoes for school uh, with the flashing lights and the heel. And as... (laughs) That would be brilliant. As they walked out of the interview thinking, I've got it, I've got it. They start flashing away. They're just flashing. (laughs) Brilliant. That would have been great. I love that as well. (laughs) Right, I've got some quick ones for you that I'm going to burst through as well. Melanie says, her brother went for an interview. He stood up to leave and a dirty sock fell out of his trouser leg. (laughs) As long as it was just a dirty sock. Ew. Could have been worse. It could, it could have been worse. He picked it up quick and hoped no one would notice. Brilliant. <laughs> Francesca said, I interviewed people for a sports coach role and one lady misunderstood the protocol and came in full boxing gear, including gloves. She also had a mouth guard in, which she had to spit out on the desk to remove her gloves with her teeth. All the other candidates came in suits. What? <laughs> what? what was the job? Sports Did coach. You... Oh, do you know what? Fair play to her. Do you know what she's done? You know when people give you that tip, think of yourself, believe yourself, believe in yourself and see yourself in that job. <laughs> she saw herself in that job and she came dressed and ready for that job. Have you ever seen a sports coach who's actually dressed as a boxer? There's a sports coach and there's a boxer. They're two very different no, things. No, no. Have you never had like a training session where you do boxing, Jeff? I don't, I'm not with you at all. She was, tra- she, the job was for her to be a sports coach. Yeah, but sports coach, you do boxing. If you're doing personal training, you do boxing and things. She's just so a bit of initiative. 
She's dressed for the yeah. occasion. I think. It'd turn up in a tracksuit, maybe. You I know what? Yeah, I don't know whether you would turn up in a suit, would you, for a sports interview? Would you well, turn up in a everyone suit? Else you wouldn't came turn up with suits. boxing gloves. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've no idea what they were thinking. She was thinking about the job, Jeff. Well, she didn't get it, did she, Claire? Because <laughs> she turned up with the bloody boxing gloves on. <laughs> That's it, fair play. She was there to fight for her job. There you go. <laughs> if... if even if the job was... Jeff, <laughs> Jeff. If you were going for an interview as a surgeon, would you turn up with a face mask and the white coat and with Why a stethoscope? Not? You, might, you might want to showcase Jeff, your talents. if the interview involved yes, uh, it... where you had to do some surgery, then you would, yeah. But you wouldn't because that's surgery and this is an interview to be a surgeon. Yes, OK, I appreciate in a different professional you field, t- different fields. So if you but if were... I was going for a sports job and I was, if I knew part of the task was to do... <laughs> Jeff's got his head in his hands. ...some sort of um, sports-related activity. But it wasn't. How do you... Well, because the others know. turned we up in suits. <laughs> yeah, but they might have had the PA kit in the bag. <laughs> the PA kit when they're pimples. How you know what? If the others, if the others had just turned up in the suits and forgotten their PA kits, they might have had to do it in their knickers and vest. Do you remember that? <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, it was horrendous. How was that ever allowed? I don't know, but I spent many a pretty Wednesday bizarre. afternoon in my knickers and vest. <laughs> My husband went for an interview to be a head teacher. He sat down and the interview was going well until he noticed his flies were down. <gasps> he thought, if I start rummaging, it will cause alarm. <gasps> so he said, Leave them. Sorry, my flies are down. He didn't get the job. And that's from an anonymous ex teacher in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> just don't, just never, tip for everybody if your flies are open, just don't start playing in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> You're just not going to get the job. Claire's life advice is brilliant today. (laughs) Paul emailed. He said, the best one was a guy. So this is somebody he's interviewed. The best one was a guy who came in not wearing a jacket, which was unusual, and and a really bright red tie. The interview went really well, but he blew it at the end when he explained, sorry for not wearing a jacket today and the bad tie. When I got in the car this morning, I put them both on the roof of the car and then drove here. My jacket's somewhere on the M1 and the only place I could find to buy a tie was a school <laughs> uniform outfitters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on the top of the car. <laughs> Do you think he'd accidentally put them on the top of the car before he opened the car door and they'd forgotten? Or were they airing? No, that's what he said. He said he put them on the roof by accident and then drove off. He'd forgotten that, that they were there. That is absolutely genius. I lost, a, I, I lost a phone last year to that. Went to the supermarket. <gasps> Open the boot, put the shopping in, no. shut the boot, put that, put my phone on the roof to while I was putting the shopping away in the back of the car, and oh, then oh, drove no. off and what saw and just saw this blur in the background. What were blur doing in the back of your car? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm very well connected, in spite of appearances. <laughs> blur actually supported the band that I was in when I was a youngster. When they were oh, that's cool. When they were just starting out upstairs in a pub in London. So yes. When you say supported, did they give you some type of fundraising support or? We were the headliners, Steph. Yes. <laughs> that is pretty cool, Jeff. That is cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So Paul, who sent us that one about the guy whose um, jacket and tie blew off, has also got like quite a gruesome story he sent as well. Ew. So he said he was on the panel interviewing for staff at a new company based in Nottingham first one through the door opened with the line, last time I was in Nottingham, I shot someone. What? Was it Robin Hood? Turns <laughs> out he'd been an armed response officer. <laughs> oh, right. But that's not, he wasn't going for a police job, but obviously he just was like, oh, yeah, last time I was here, I shot someone. <laughs> you can imagine the interviewer going, what? <laughs> okay, you've got the job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever you want. Yeah. Don't, don't shoot. <laughs> and then, and this is really dark, but has a happy ending. Okay, I'm just going a little bit gruesome with this. I interviewed a young man wearing an out-of-fashion polo neck. That's not the gruesome bit. (laughs) In response to the question, what was the worst moment of your life? He replied, when my fiancé slipped my throat on New Year's Eve. Stop. Best moment in answer to that was when the nurse he met in hospital accepted his proposal. No way. Yeah. That is lush. Isn't that the most fucked up story you've ever heard? Yes. Presumably not on the same night. There was a, there was a gap. <laughs> <laughs> you come in, there's blood no, gushing everywhere. Well, you got it. was that overt. It was his last, his last well, breath. Well, it sounded like it was the nurse, he, he, someone who looked after him, because I imagine he must have been in hospital for some time, poor bro. That's amazing, but how sad and how awful. But what a yeah. cracking story. It just shows you, doesn't it, from all the stories we've had about, like, all the things that can happen in an interview that you're just totally not prepared for. Um, And so the next topic I want to cover is being made to do something daft. So you think you've prepared within an inch of your life, you've got all the answers to the usual questions, you've thought about why you want to be there, why you want the job, you know, you've really worked hard for this. And then you start getting asked really mad questions. So I've got a couple of these stories for you. I like this. (laughs) So this is a person who said they've had loads of funny things happen to them in interviews. But the worst was when the guy doing the interviewing for a marketing job threw a pencil at me across the table in the middle of the questions. I guess now in hindsight, I was meant to do something cool or ignore it entirely. But I picked it up and threw it back at him. 
It hit him in the eye and he ended up swirling around on the floor telling me to get him wet tissues. I didn't get the job. Oh, my God. What made her fire it back? I suppose they were just looking for your reaction, weren't yeah. they? Like, how would you cope if someone just threw a pencil at you? It, obviously, this person interviewing think that, thinks that that's going to tell you a lot about whether they'd be good in marketing. I've got no idea. I think that's a brilliant what? response that just slightly went awry with the whole blinding <laughs> the fella. I don't know if that would be my first response. I don't think I'd fire it back at them. Presumably, he didn't throw it as a weapon. He just kind of threw it towards him and he didn't kind of throw it like a dart. I suppose it's one of those that have to be there. Well, do you remember that episode many moons ago about the pen off where there was two oh. people in the office fighting over a yes, pen? Raging yes, raging about them on the floor. Maybe it would have all been resolved over faster if someone had just mm-hmm. thrown a pen back. You're right, actually, yeah. End of. There's some sort of power play going on there as well. I don't like that belittlement that is implied by chucking a pencil at somebody and expecting mm-hmm. them to perform like some circus bloody clown. So throwing it yeah. back, just gently, not as a dart in his eye, polyphemus, etc. <laughs> then good on yeah. you. What, Claire, what are you looking out, out the window? Sorry, I just was tidying up on your shelf here. <laughs> Sorry, I know. <laughs> on the windowsill. I love the way where, like, mid-heavy conversation about pencils in eyes and you're, you just notice you need to do a bit of cleaning on the windowsill. I don't have a very good attention span, as you've noticed. I must say, I love these stories. I'm having to do daft things for interviews. Yeah. The Oxbridge interviews. I think the question is, go on then, impress us, do something. The one I remember is somebody spotted that one of the interviewers had a copy of The Times. So they took out a, a lighter and... Um, oh. Set it alight? And set it alight in front of them, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> so there's a real, like, thing about just getting you to do something that's out of your comfort zone. Matt said... I applied to NatWest and in the interview, entirely out of context, the interviewer handed me their pencil and told me to sell it to them. I snapped it in half and said, buy one, get one free. (laughs) Brilliant. So I thought I'd try this on you guys. Oh, no. So, Claire. No. I want you to... I want you to sell me a wine glass. Oh, sell you a wine glass? I've handed you a wine glass. I want you to sell me it. Right, okay. Oh, no, I hate stuff like this. Okay, sell you a wine glass. Okay, this is really hard. So I'm thinking, I rock up at your house with a bottle of wine and you say, I don't have any wine glasses. There you go. You need some wine glasses. All right, that sounds like you've just propositioned me, Claire. With a wine, with a wine glass? That, that, that's definitely not. Right, Jeff, have a go. Sell me a wine glass. It's the simplicity of this glass that is really its strength. I think you'll find that... See, Jeff, you're going all M&S on work. <laughs> it's not just any wine glass. Although it does the job of serving wine... Of, of, uh, although it does the job... You're fucking up here, kid. I am. <laughs> I, could do, just... I could do M&S if I really wanted to. Go on then, Claire. Let's talk about the curve of the glass, the hold of the glass. Think about that glass near your mouth. <laughs> do you know... I thought, Claire, you'd smash this out of the park. I thought you'd start doing your kind of... I like to think about life as a glass half-full person. Oh, and with God, this I didn't glass, do the half-full. Yeah, and do you know what, though, that's you. You're Instead, like, I just you're... started talking about how it feels in your hand and how good it feels next to your mouth. What are we talking about? <laughs> the wine glass, obviously. <laughs> right, moving on, because... <laughs> We're going to bore people shitless. <laughs> yeah. So, 
So Lee says, for the final 30 seconds of the interview, we want you to list as many uses as you can think of for a red house brick. Go. Lee's reply, uh, throw it at someone. <laughs> you see, I started thinking about I started thinking about stuff really well there. <laughs> uh, Peter said, we were given a topic to talk about for three minutes. A popular one was a chocolate teapot. I was given camel racing. And what? Peter says, he ended up talking for seven minutes and the two guys who were interviewing him just let him talk because they wanted to see where he went with it. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> that is fun. I know. So, Jeff, have, you've got three minutes to tell me about camel oh, racing. Oh, no. And I'm going to time you. Three minutes? Right. So, here we go. Is this for the podcast? Talk to me about camel racing, Jeff. He's pulled his chair in. He's like taking this really seriously. I've nothing to say. I've nothing to say. When I was, uh, when I was, okay, we're starting now. When I was a teenager, one of the great things we used to do every summer, I grew up in Preston, uh, which is 15 miles away from Blackpool. And although there's a great rivalry between Preston and Blackpool in one of those ridiculous close town things that means nothing to anyone outside those two towns, but means everything, especially if you support the football teams, we went across to, to Blackpool and we went straight to the Pleasure Beach. And the real highlight for me of the Pleasure Beach was not so much the Big Dippers. It certainly, well, I've got vertigo. For, yeah, so that, that was, waffling here. Where were the camels? I'm just building up because this was it. This was the thing. There was one particular day where I was just feeling like I'd been one too many times. There was nothing there for me, nothing new. I'd seen it all. I'd been on it all. And I went into this darkened room, into the arcade, past the, past the push pennies, past the one-armed bandits and past the big bloody daft video games. And suddenly I saw it, the camel racing. It was, the, it was an epiphany <laughs> to match St. Paul. I swear to God, there was a man there with a microphone and beside him were eight camels, each with a number on its saddle. And each person had to sit in front of, of an inclined slope where, with little holes in and you'd get a load, as you paid your money, your 50 pence, you'd get a load of these tennis balls and you'd slide them up. And if you got one of your balls to go into one of the holes, then your camel would move on. And if you got it into the really difficult hole right at the top, the angle was just so oblique, then you got to, the camel would move on three. All the time, the man whose job this was full time, you know, 300 and however many days a year, was commentating on the camel race. Oh my God. I wasted three hours that day and I went back the following day. It was fantastic and I never had a winner. In fact, thinking about it, there was a bloody child who was about three down from me and he kept on bloody beating me and I, he started toying with me he'd pretend and he would just bloody pretend and he'd let me get to right to the end and my camel number seven my camel number seven it was sure for victory and all of a sudden this little kid would look at me out the corner of his eye and say it's over and they'd ping 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 three <laughs> balls down the holes his number one camel bloody straight to the top and the commentator would be looking at the lad as if to say I knew that was coming I knew that was coming it was fantastic it was it put me in mind actually it wasn't racing camels but I also used to go to Preston dog track because it was shut down and my favourite bit every time and I'd put my 10p bets on and there'd be all these old blokes smoking away and having a half a stout and it was the crappest dog track in the country it was terrible terrible and my dad had dropped me off and picked me up at the end of it and they'd start and there was, they had these 
dogs virtually dead in the traps. They'd, some of them wouldn't even come out the traps, but they bloody well, uh, the, the little thing would come out, the, the, the rabbit would come out and it was just a big thing of fluff and it would come out and it would come out and, it, and over the, t- over the tannoy, well let done. me finish the story, You're over the tannoy, you'd hear the voice yes, of the, of the commentator, the All commentator, right, shut up now, shut up. and Bugsy is on the move. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it stayed with me ever since. Like, oh. I just, Jeff, that was unreal. You just made a, co- you should be a commentator. That, and can I just say to everyone listening, I genuinely did not tell Jeff we were going to do that. That is literally. Uh, so I was just going to ask, did you prep Jeff and not me with the wine glass? No, 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 not at all. I didn't tell either of you. Well, we know that from mine. <laughs> no, but I didn't even <laughs> tell it, but I'm so glad you, <laughs> I didn't because that was class. Jeff. You should be, you're wasted. You should be a commentator in, for some camel sport. Who <laughs> 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 yeah. thought that camel racing was the thing? Can we just leave the podcast there? You should, you're wasted. You should be a commentator on some sort of camel sport. <laughs> Sorry, you'd be a great cracking commentator, though. You've got a cracking voice for commentary. If I ever go, for, if I ever go for that interview, I'm going to turn up dressed as a boxer or a camel. Well, no, well, you wouldn't go dressed as a boxer, though, Jeff. This I know. Is the problem. <laughs> Jeff, it's not a boxing job. It's a it's a commentary job for a camel racing. So would you go, go dressed dress as, as a camel? camel? You've got to think about yourself in that job, Jeff. Take the microphone. <laughs> take it. Take a toy camel and have some fun. Right. Anyway. <clears throat> anyway, moving on. Before we go, I want to tell you a really nice interview story. Yeah, it's yeah. not funny. It's just lovely. Right. This is Kevin. Over the years, he's worked for large leisure operations, a major theme park in the UK. Oh, Jeff, you'll have to talk to him about camel racing. Yes. You could go and do the arcades for him. Yes. You know anyway. what? Jeff's going to get a different job, isn't he? We're going to have no producer left. <laughs> he's going he's to do one soon. He's going to get an offer from the camels. <laughs> they spit a lot, camels, don't they? Anyway, so this Kevin, who worked in all these places, also at a premiership football club, he said he's interviewed probably a thousand people and one sticks in his mind. They were doing their annual Halloween recruitment and a young girl came in. She was very quiet throughout the assessment centre that they were holding. So obviously they were doing it in a big group. Sometimes, he says, people just don't suit those type of recruitment events, which is fair enough. So Kevin Mm -hmm. decided to interview her separately. As we started the interview, she began to cry. So I asked her what was wrong and she said, I'm so nervous. I've, I've been for so many interviews and I've never got offered a job. I don't have many friends and I just want a chance. So Kevin gave her a job, got everyone to keep an eye on her, to support her. And he says that the girl he saw that day is so different to the girl I see now. I'm so pleased I followed my gut and gave her a chance. Honestly. Isn't that a lovely story? That's so nice. So nice. But Kevin's stories weren't all like that because he also said (laughs) one person asked him in the interview... If they do criminal checks, when Kevin said yes, he said, that's me fucked, got up and walked out. Did he shoot somebody in Nottingham? That's hilarious. (laughs) Another (laughs) candidate who was very monosyllabic throughout the whole interview. So Kevin realised they were getting nowhere with him. So they said to him, have you got any questions? And the bloke said, yeah. Can you lend me a fiver and do you have a spare fag? (laughs) I'm liking Kevin. It is nice, isn't it? (laughs) 
But it's so astute to be able to see the potential and to realise that not everybody is suited to that interview situation. Most of us aren't. But for him to actually make the effort and go the, the extra distance... I can't, I can't concentrate because Claire's son is <laughs> hiding in the wardrobe as if it's so Narnia. He keeps I'm so sorry. <laughs> He's just like looked at us to see if he could get his pyjamas. And I said, yes. And as I'm looking at the screen, I can see in the background, he's hiding, in, he's closing the door and hiding in the wardrobe. <laughs> just get your pyjamas. Uh. You can, just get them. Don't keep slamming doors, though. Come on. <laughs> but that's the thing. And and we have uh, Alicia who said she was interviewed for the Navy and when she was asked the question, do you have any questions, she panicked. So she said, what are your toilets like? And then the interviewer asked why, and she said... Well, in the whole Navy. <laughs> and, she, and the interviewer asked why, and she said, I don't like the ones with the gaps under the doors. God knows why I, I said that, but I got in. <laughs> no, that's hilarious. Yeah. So next week, I want to talk about... I said we were going to do it this week, but we ran out of time. So next week, we're going to talk about the funniest answers to the most common questions you're asked. Uh, also gross things that have happened in interviews because we have had some really funny stories about like pure minging things that have happened but before we go I'm going to do an and finally for you from Simon who used to work in recruitment he had a social worker who went for an interviewer for a children and families job the interviewer asked him what his colleagues would say about him. So that's a typical question, isn't it? You know, what would your colleagues mm-hmm. say about you if they were going to describe you? He went into his briefcase and got out the leaving card from his last job to show them the lovely comments inside. Unfortunately, on the front of the card was a picture of a naked man holding coffees and with ring donuts around his erect penis. <laughs> <laughs> the caption read... Here comes Steve with the donuts. Steve did not get the job. <laughs> Why did Steve take that card to the interview? Because he wanted to show the nice comments, but he totally forgot that someone that... this cock out was on the front of the picture. <laughs> <sighs> Jeff, uh... you're very quiet. I was just about to well... say how much I'd enjoyed tonight's chat. Because there was no until filth. that. Because there was no poo, there was no filth. My children could listen to it without me having to worry. Or oh, Jeff, you just wrecked the whole thing. I'm glad my child had gone by that point. By the way, do you know what's funny as well? Because you know, in order to get his email through the work system, he'd written penis in like in a way that I had to decipher it. Basically, he'd written it in like code, but I knew what it was. And I'm not afraid to say it. So you had to decipher it when it said the ring donuts were on his erect hieroglyphics. <laughs> yeah. So you, as Enigma code cracker, <laughs> yeah. worked out that way. Brilliant, Steph. What a genius. <laughs> Steph, you are so clever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck off, you two. Uh, anyway, if you have any more funny stories... Uh, do get in touch with us. Not bad for a Monday at hotmail.com. Oh. Instagram's going all right now, isn't it, Claire? We've got Instagram three, yeah, three followers. This is good. We've got we've got nineteen. Woo! Nineteen. Woohoo! Nineteen. Very good. That's going to get Stephen Fry <laughs> worried, isn't it? I've also, <laughs> I've also, um, I've t- to the nineteen followers. I've also plugged the um, 
Podcast Awards. What, the British Podcast Awards? Excellent. The British Podcast Awards. Where the... What, where people can just go on and Yeah, you vote. can vote. Yeah. You can vote for us in the Listener Choice Awards. Mm-hmm. What, in the Listener's Choice Awards, did you say, sir? Yeah, we are not desperate at all, but if you would like to vote for us, yeah, just click the link for voting and then type in the name of our podcast, not bad for a Monday. Yeah. Voila. And that'd be smashing, but seriously, if you, if you really don't want to, that's fine too. We don't mind. Right, now that we've done our yeah. plug, let's go, because I've got to get my bed sorted, my sleeping bag in the I shed. Think, yeah, I think yeah. the little one might need his bedroom back as well. We'll see you next week. <laughs> right. Okay. Goodbye. I need to go and practice my sales techniques. I'm off to play the camels at Blackpool. <laughs> and in lane one, Billy the Bactrian. <laughs> <laughs> right, see you later, nobbeds. Go on. Bye, bye, bye. Lush. 